0: Welcome to the Cat City Officers Podcast. This is episode 235. Uh, Once again, you got Chris and Brian. And this time around, we're going to talk about a recent pistol training event we did, uh, kind of taking the basics and then trying to apply them uh, at a fairly high level um, in the dark. So we started out uh, 10 yards, just draw in one round. I'm trying to put that round in the upper A zone with alacrity mm-hmm. uh, for, who would we do that for, two magazines? Yeah,
1: yeah, quite a few, yeah, a couple mags, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, gosh, guys, it's it's like an up drill, but with a pistol. Yeah. Huh, fundamental, basic stuff, under speed, to the right place, bounce, you know, bounce out the speed and the accuracy. Um, we were, didn't really push anybody to say, hey, this is your part time, this is what you're going for. We didn't get a timer or anything like that, it was kind of on your own. Um, you know, this I do think when you let people do some drills at their own pace, and you say, "Hey, you know, go as fast as you can go doing it perfectly, um, but at your own pace." Give somebody a chance to make sure that they're getting, they're clearing their concealment garment, they're getting a good grip on the gun, they're bringing the two hands together, doing things properly at their own pace gives them the reps to kind of make sure they're doing things properly, perfectly, whatever, you, however you want to look at it. Yeah. Um. And, and you know, and maybe not quite as Balls out of trying to beat the timer, or or trying to beat your buddy, or trying to look cool, or whatever kind of thing. Um, you know, these are this is these are up drills. These are up drills with no timer on them. Do them as fast as you can do them and make the hit. Um, the upper A zone thing, it still is interesting to me because everybody there in that group, if you said slow fire this, they would put the rounds probably in about a golf ball size group at 10 yards, maybe yeah. a tennis ball size group at 10 yards. Uh, but as soon as you say, draw the gun and go, you know, move as quickly as you can, but guaranteeing the hit. There were some, ironically, there were some misses. There were some outside of the upper-A e zone. I had a few that were just below the A. I don't think I had anything outside of the stitching. Uh, yeah. But I had a few shots that, that I, I, you know, took vacation a little bit last week and have been running like crazy. And, did, and, and again, we're back to that. I got out of exactly what I put into it kind of thing. Because I think I had a sum total of two minutes of dry fire practice for the last two weeks. Uh, And it I mashed a couple of trigger presses and had to go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait a minute Hold on to the gun really tight with the other hand and relax and just press the trigger. Yeah, Um, but we saw a little bit of that So yeah,
0: yeah, the first mag um, definitely saw a lot of guys still wanting to shoot center mass Mm -hmm. uh, And then needing to move things up um, which then resulted in rounds going into the head area of a
1: USPSA American target um, or at least into the C zone above the yeah. A, which was, you know. And again, guys, let's let's talk. A lo- I want to talk a little bit about that specifically. Um, when when you set a parameter for training, when you set a parameter, when you set a goal, when you set a, hey, this is what we're trying to achieve right now. and um, that, especially when that standard is either accuracy or time, either one. Um, the idea of pushing for that and and not going. And not going, oh, the near miss is okay. Oh, the near miss is okay. Or, well, that would have been combat effective. Or this, that, or the other. Um, the point of setting the upper A zone, or the point of setting a really small zone at your target, is to push the skill level, is to push perfection, um, and train to that standard. And then hopefully, when things are real, and and they say that you know, there's guys, old timey dudes from the Nam that are SF guys that say basically your accuracy you know your accuracy doesn't go to hell in a handbasket so much as you're going to probably be at double-ish whatever you're capable of under little or no stress or no life-threatening stress you know so if you can if you can consistently maintain a two-inch group under speed at at 10 yards and the combats it's going to open up to four or five inches or whatever which is still combat effective right so you know the when you're when you're running this stuff and the goal is hey upper a zone We're looking for upper zone hits. Go as fast as you can go to guarantee you're getting your hits and you're still throwing them outside. The idea that, well, that's still combat effective, that's cool, but it's not meeting the standard for the drill. And the point of the drill is to get you to be better than you were yesterday, not for you to be combat effective. Um, Combat effective in some places is hitting something in the shoulder and something in the ass at the same time on a double, versus putting them where they're going to have rapid effect on a target, hopefully. Or more likely to have rapid yeah. effect on a target, kinetically putting the energy where you need to put it was the goal of it. So as you're sitting back and you know it's one thing if you're in a class environment and somebody who's a former Delta guy like Prankus says, "Oh, that's a near miss. Don't don't worry about that. Don't worry about that little guy. Um, it was in line with the spine directly above the A zone. Okay, well, if that's the guy giving you the pass and it's his drill, cool. But when you're shooting for a standard, try and shoot that standard. There's no different than shooting a dot torture." If you want to shoot dot tortures and warm-up or something like that yeah if you didn't hit the dot you didn't hit the dot it didn't count so that mentality of setting a goal and then trying to maintain it you're just trying to make yourself better that's all yep so cool, cool yeah cool. definitely the focus on just working on mechanics with this
0: Um, yeah there's a lot of guys that don't put in the time with dry fire guilty um, Guilty. yeah and doing like everybody's shot on the overall everybody shot really well yeah um, yeah. This particular training, and I think doing this kind of mechanic stuff at the beginning, yeah. helped make that difference.
1: And and I will say, I'm I'm picking on myself, and I'm picking on some other guys in our group that I don't want to get in a gunfight with. I mean, just flat yeah, out, absolutely just flat out. There's nobody in the group of guys that were on the line that that night that I would say, yeah, I would risk getting a gunfight with that dude. Um, nope, 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 nope. Um, there's some dudes there that I think I can consistently run with no problem. That were in the same place. There's some guys like you that consistently shoot better, faster, cleaner. Um, but nobody on that line is somebody I want to get in a gunfight with. Uh, but it's all a group of guys that we train together because we want to get better. And I think there's a little bit of the mental aspect of saying, "Hey, yeah. let's push for this standard. And when I don't make the standard, let's not give myself a pass. Let's 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 acknowledge it and try and get better." Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. I, and I. I That that's a warm up. That drills a warm up, but it's a very fundamental, simple warm up. That honestly is probably ninety percent of the gunfight is the first guy that gets a good hit on good meat before the other dude is probably going to win the fight statistically. Yeah, I mean that's borne out. So
0: yeah, yeah. And on that note, uh, the second magazine, I spent a little bit more time kind of watching down the line. I was in the far left side of the range. Uh, It would notice that a lot of guys on the draw, the gun would come up. Uh, they point at the target and then they would spend anywhere from half a second to a second and a half kind of adjusting and refining yeah um, before the shot broke at 10 yards at 10 yards at 10 yards uh, which says that there's kind of something fundamentally wrong with the index and the presentation of the pistol mm-hmm. uh, because when we're when we're drawing the gun uh, we should be looking to the spot on the target we want to hit the gun should come up and then the sights or the dot should be aligned to that particular spot, um, we should be able to break the shot as soon as our arms reach extension. Yeah. Uh, if it's really close, sub five yards, maybe we're shooting on the way out to extension. Um, yeah. Ten yards probably need to have just that flash of color, you know, in this in the spot on the target that we want it, uh, and then we can take the shot. Yeah. Uh, but that's one of those things that like the solution for this if you find yourself in this kind of a situation is working on this in dry fire, uh, working on refining that presentation uh, because there's a lot of time on the draw that is spent there. Um, If you're trying to make your draw faster uh, whether that's for competition or for self-defense generally there's a lot of time to be found on that presentation.
1: I'll also throw out the idea that it, nobody was chasing a one two one three one four draw to first shot, and then and then taking a half a second to refine. Almost everybody who yeah. was taking the time to refine was taking one six one eight one two o oh, to get the gun out and then chasing refinement. Um, the draw stroke. Normally, I would say something like, "Hey, this is from concealment. There's got to be a little bit of allowance that you may not get a perfect draw on the gun." But this was at ten yards under no time constraint with nobody shooting back at you. Half, no movement. Over half the guys were running outside the waistband, yeah. no retention. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean there was so there was, so when you get to <laughs> to that part of this drill, this wasn't a, hey, on the beep, you're gonna run ten yards to cover, draw your weapon while you're doing that, and engage and this, that and the other. So maybe you're maybe you're drawing your gun as you're starting to move, as you're dropping your weight, and your shirt's in a different position than it normally would be, your body's in the, this was standing straight up on the line no yeah. movement no squared up at the target yeah and so and again we're back to a little bit of that your your time to extension on the draw stroke should be the same whether it's at 5 feet or 50 yards right I mean you should be drawing yeah. the gun like you need it out right now and then taking whatever time you need to refine things based on the distance target size Conditions, etc. Yep. Um, you know, so yeah, so the, the you know again, and most of the guys are we you know we really have been pushing that hard. Most of the guys, no, I don't think anybody was necessarily lackadaisically drawing, um, but because there's no time constraint put on it, not everybody was being as aggressive on the draw. But it wasn't. I, I didn't. I wasn't watching that, but I caught myself chasing that a little bit, not getting a clean draw stroke, and that is absolutely a function of not of not dry firing. Period. End of conversation. Yeah. Especially from that's the foul shot yeah that standing yeah. at 10 yards drawing and firing one round is the foul shot of shooting or um, the
0: or the uncontested
1: layup. yeah yes yeah you know easy so well and even with an uncontested <clears throat> layup you're dribbling and, and jogging mm. trotting running walking whatever right i mean yeah yeah i mean it, th- this is literally you're standing in the exact same place doing the exact same thing over and over again and and if nothing else that should be the bare minimum of dry fire it should be the updraw, drawing yeah. and shooting one kind of thing so yeah so i mean i was definitely feeling that and when you pointed it out i felt like i was doing it um and i know that i probably wasn't the worst one doing it for sure but that's something we ought to be honest with ourselves about you know th- that is something that you can grease that groove definitely it's something that can be practiced and and guys we're talking about something that's like the simplest freaking thing you can do um is is literally that draw and shoot one so you know that's where we ended that
0: yeah the next set of drills we did um, was kind of the same thing but we did two rounds yeah so two rounds upper a zone from the draw um, again no no timer out or anything um, and again requesting that you know two rounds in that upper a zone so from the A to the top of the top of the box yeah target accountability um, Yeah, you know, making making sure that you know the second shot in the the split time was defined as send the second round as quickly as you can guarantee that it will go into that upper A box.
1: Yeah. 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 And I do think, you know, so when you start saying that, again, everybody in this group should have a, there's, I think there's a reasonable expectation that everybody in this group has a skill level to kind of know where that is. Um, and then there's always the desire to want to go a little bit faster and push it outside of that rather than get the reps in solidly. And, and I, I guess I don't, I have, a, I have less of a problem missing one of those shots, that second shot or something like that, if you're trying to pick it up a little bit and trying to go, okay, those were clean, those were a little closer together, um, let's speed it up and see if we can still maintain the upper A zone, blah, 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 and go from there. Um, and, and I dropped a couple, but I mean, I dropped a couple that were, again, close enough that I'm not worried about it, but still not being accountable for what the drill was um, kind of mentality, right? Yeah. So, um and and we've got some guys who can who can do doubles all day long at ten yards in the A zone, but going into the upper A zone is probably pushing it a little bit. So you kinda of have to back off a little bit and let let yourself see what you need to see without taking an unreasonably long amount of time to press the second shot.
0: Yeah. So I would say splits were going from you know, if guys it was just shoot you know, shoot the pair as fast as you shoot the pair. Yeah. Um, going from probably like point like point .18s or point one sevens to maybe like two threes or two fours. Yeah. Uh, so not really a lot, like a lot of time difference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but way more accountable for where that second round was
1: going. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I can I can force myself into a one seven one eight, but I got to be perfectly honest when I say that the second shots maybe going where I want it and maybe not going where I want it. It's not going to come off the cardboard. It's probably not even going to be any worse than a C but it's not going to be an upper A zone. Whereas if I literally tone that down to a .2, .22, something like that, yeah. then, then, those, then the shots go where I need them to go. It's enough visually for me to see what's going on and drive it where I need to drive it and go on. That Just that literally two tenths of a second. And we've talked about this too. You know, in a gunfight, you're probably not going to make up enough time to win the fight in splits. You're going to make up the time to win the fight and getting the gun out fast or, or moving your feet to a point of cover or domination. Yeah. More than likely, just like in a match, the guys who win the matches don't do it in splits. Everybody's running jailbait splits at a high level. It's it's how fast can you transition to target to target? How fast can you transition from place to place? That's where the matches won. That's where the fights won. Yeah, yeah. So um, again, not worried about chasing jailbait's, um, mainly because I'm just not that freaking good anyway. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh, in, I'm not gonna invest in the resources to get to a point one five because it just doesn't matter enough to me. So yeah, I don't think it matters yeah. enough realistically. So yeah.
0: Yep. Cool. Uh, yeah. From there, we shot the pugger Factor um, classifier. Yeah. So I'll try to explain, explain this um, to build out the stage. So there are four targets. Um, they are aligned, starting at the far target. Is at 17 yards? The next target is at four, 13 or 14 yards. Um, the one in front of that is at about 11 yards, and then the closest target is at right about seven yards. Mm -hmm. Um, They are, so if you're standing exactly in the middle, um, the two target and the three target are just to the right or the left of that line, respectively. Yeah, And then the one target, the one closest to you, is just to the right, Of the number two target and then the farthest target or the number four target is just to the left of the number three target Uh, so we kind of have this diagonal row where you can see everything from where you're standing um, at 17 yards and then the targets um, have increasing availability of being able to be hit as we go back Um, so they are painted black which is the the no shoot part of the targets is painted black, which in USA part USPSA parlance means hard to cover. Uh, so hits in the black don't do anything. Um, they also don't penalize you as far as the no shoot goes. Yeah. But they don't give you points. Are they considered a mic? Um, uh, they are considered a mic. Yeah. Um, uh, but they are not considered a no shoot penalty. Yeah. There's a difference. Uh,
1: which is yeah. Yeah. So. Basically how, what, how where was the shooter standing? How far off the
0: Yeah, so the shooter is standing um, 17 yards away from the far target. Not I mean, from or... the,
1: from the how far is the shooter off the line? Oh you you are, you are right in the middle. Yeah. 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 So, exactly. Yeah. And so if you're looking at the targets, they're they the first three targets are like shoulder to shoulder almost visually. Or yep. maybe a little bit off of They're that. They're a little, bit, a off little, of little bit off of that. A little off of that. And yeah. then the last target's got the closest target has a little bit of a gap between it and the number three target, but not much. Yeah. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, the closest target, you only have the headbox available. Yeah. Um, the second target, basically the upper A's, like the A from the A and up, is available. Yeah. Um, the third target is. Pretty much the entire a and up is available so the whole a zone yeah and then the farthest target is wide open there's no 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 occlusion. yeah is an open target um, yeah from the from the start signal it's just draw and then put two rounds into each target mm-hmm. uh, into the scoreable zones um, yeah hit factor scoring uh, a good run on this in the daylight is sub four seconds and yep. pretty much all alphas yeah um,
1: yeah it and is I'd a, say in a good run you know if you start throwing a light into that I think the conversation is identical I think you know a good run would have been sub four seconds but get a yeah. light on the target trying to find each target because you lose the visual aspect of being able to just look for the next target in the daylight because you can see everything around you so it's already in your peripherals versus you're running a light and is your light at that distance putting enough light out that the next target's in your peripheral? So the transitions, the visual aspect of it yeah. changes shooting at low light. Getting the light on, you know, if we just, if you just want to throw a quarter second out there for getting your light on, that's fine. I don't i don't know that I agree with that mentality. I'd say practice more because I think the light should be part of the draw stroke. It, really should, it, should yeah. slow. it should be integral to the draw stroke, not something that necessarily slows it down. I think the light slows you down mentally more than it does physically, I'm trying to turn it on on the draw
0: yeah i would say that like the light
1: shouldn't really shouldn't be more than a quarter second yeah for sure yeah yeah so so the so the only thing that changes this drill dramatically in and it is the visual aspect of the fact that you generally can't see the other targets until you go to transition to them well um you can't pick that spot out as soon as you've engaged your second shot and you're going to the next target you've got to get your eyes to the next target and then the gun normally is how it would go and it doesn't go like that because your eyes can't see it without necessarily the light on it. So you've got to transition physically to it, it slows things down a little bit. Uh, we had a number of guys who were able to get in that five second to get down in the five seconds. Um, the only run I had that was worth a crap was the first run. And I think I was like at 5'2 or something like that. And that was, I think you were able to sheet that without having to use the light. I don't think I needed the light. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that was essentially a almost daylight run. Um, and I still, I think my, my hit factor still didn't even get to seven. Um, and so, you know, C, we normally say B class for life. I might be C class for life at this point on that one. That's yes. a pretty speedy run. I think that was a, I think my best was like a six, two hit factor. And yeah. got to be eight something to be B class.
0: Right? I think the cutoff for B class, I think it was like the floor for B class was 7.8. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Essentially. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So. Um, this drill doesn't sound like a whole lot until you get into it to do it. And I don't think, I don't, the, the only thing that gets you, I think the biggest thing that gets you is in daylight you would need to be four seconds and probably not more than a C or two to be in that eight. Yeah, you factor. can do, You can do
0: if you're under four seconds you can have two Charlies. And if you're make four to five. And make B class where you're in a,
1: yeah. an eight hit factor. Yeah, and if you're four to five seconds then you it needs to be always yeah it's Include, be including the head box on the first target yeah and the near target we were splitting out the credit card versus the head box the credit card was an A the rest of that was a C um, and so like I said doing this from concealment in the dark running a light with it um, was really interesting um, I, I I had a like a couple wheels fell off runs where I put lots of stuff just an inch into hardcover um, So, gosh, all of a sudden, that near C that would have been good enough and was like, oh, well, that still would have changed his behavior, or, oh, I'll take that hit that was close enough, all of a sudden, with hard cover, becomes a miss. Yeah. Now we're back to, why do you focus on trying to hit upper A zone? Why do you chase, in training, smaller target zones? Because when somebody puts hard cover out there between you and the bad guy, your shot that would have been good enough would have been target effective or combat effective, now all of a sudden is hitting a chunk of concrete. Or something like that, and not having any effect on the target because you couldn't manage an upper a zone hit. Yeah. Uh, mia Maxima culpa. <laughs> um, it made it fun. It made it interesting. Yeah. It also made for a boatload of freaking air squats. I think I had forty squats on that one run. Uh, we punish each other with physical activity if you do dumb shit like shoot cover instead of the target um, appropriately. So, yeah. Uh, so in misses
0: case, in this case um, misses were ten air squats. Yeah. And then. If you didn't have at least one alpha was five air squats, yeah, and then every delta was five air squats, yeah. Uh, we kind of brought back the was I've heard the I battle heard this, the battle days. <laughs> I heard this described as strong through wrong,
1: yeah, um, yeah, yep,
0: yeah. Again, to kind of force people to be more accountable, yeah, for where the rounds are going, um, yeah,
1: yeah, and it, and like I said, so attention getter. Um, doing this in the dark trying to run fast and I think I think everybody was kind of we had set is also a 10 squats for every second over six seconds because we set a we yeah. set a low light part-time of, of six seconds on this um, which I think I had I didn't have any runs that were a full second over but I had a couple that were in the low sixes but the first run was my only really good run of the night on that um, and it's funny too because like all the hits I'm trying to be honest with myself and not push stuff high So that you're hitting upper A and C. I'm trying to shoot the A's. And because of a lack of dry fire practice, specifically running trigger control at speed as a drill in between training nights, um, I was mashing this just holy crap out of the trigger. And it didn't really affect me until I got out to that like second and third target. Yeah. um, Or third and fourth target. Uh, My stuff up close, I could get away with it. Um, you know, and in the, in, in the head box, it was, they were ACs. I mean, almost every time I hit at least one A and one C was the second shot going faster, going to the smaller upper A zone up close. Um, was it one A, the first shot was an A every fricking time. It was the second shot. Wasn't going where I wanted it to because I ha- didn't put the work in. So just plain and simple. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah.
0: Having, having shot this, this classifier in the daylight and really pushing the speed, um, that head box like there's mm-hmm. oftentimes a lot of mi- just flat out mics, yeah. Nothing on the cardboard at all, uh, on that closest target. Yeah. Because uh, it it's all of a sudden it's like oh well this is close, yeah. And then trying to shoot it predictively, and yeah. if the skills aren't exactly there, yeah. Um, yeah, that that gets very painful um, to the ego and the legs.
1: And and the interesting part too is that the headbox is the upper zone. Yeah, I mean it's the same size. The entire head box, the C in the head and the A in the head combined are about the upper A zone. So at you know the kind of distances you're shooting at, I don't I don't know that everybody should be able to shoot that as a double, you know, uh, um, predictively. But but I think that most people with a little bit of most of the guys in our group, if you said hit the upper A zone at that same distance, could just pop up and drive them both into it. So it was interesting that we had a couple of mics there too um but most everybody put both rounds in there because it yeah. slowed down just enough to do it um they were a little a little more cautious there which is interesting so, yeah
0: yeah 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 when I, when I was doing this in the daylight it was definitely chasing like three seven runs from concealment yeah. which yeah on a, from a speed perspective was yeah was really pushing transitions really pushing the yeah even the splits um yeah probably more than more than was capable. That's where taking, you know, going from the the two target to that one target, um, the close one, taking that extra tenth of a second or so um, to refine what you're seeing so that you do have more of a stable dot in the center of the head um, becomes really important versus just shooting on that flash of color um, the first time you see color over brown. Yeah, and the other part
1: of that too is it's not in the center of the head. Yeah. It's got to be a stable dot in the in the in the, in the in the in the credit card, which is a quarter of the way down to halfway down, not in the middle. If you're in the middle, you might be on the bottom line of it, or you might not, depending on yeah. where you're at. So, um, yeah, a little bit of a little bit challenge there. Um, and again, you know, the transitions are it's low light, so the transitions are trying to find each target with the light. Um, and, and so, and you could definitely tell it seemed like it almost seemed like it got worse. As it got darker, which makes sense, because like I said, my first run was my only good run, and, there, and then from there things got really interesting. So, um, yeah. you know, and that's in that, like I said, that's just a lack of putting in. That was a lack of doing the work beforehand. So, yeah, yeah,
0: good draw. Then, uh, yeah, we just set up kind of like a little, little mini thing. stage. So over on the right, right side of things, um, we had a set, set a single column of stacked barrels. Um, a target, probably what, seven yards in front of that, and then yeah. two targets kind of in a triangle behind the close target, those were 10, 12, something like that. Yeah, you were shooting um, from
1: barrels at 12 yards, but the near target was seven, the far were 10 to 12, yeah. yeah.
0: And they were they were arranged such that the, tar- the far target from the opposite side of the barrels where you were shooting at was completely blocked and shadowed by the close target so you had to shoot from both sides of the barrels um run to the left uh what 10 10 12 yards yards. something like that yeah and then there were two barrels um sat side by side and then an array of four targets out in front or yeah kind of i don't know in a 60 degree arc yeah behind those barrels, um, we reused the pucker factor targets so some of the targets were open, some of the targets were not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, again, try to put two, two rounds in the A-zone of all the targets, um, do it with alacrity, yeah. and then kind of flarity ensued. Yes, absolutely.
1: Um, um, it, it, the, a couple of things that came out from this though, um, cover is an interesting thing. There's always that, how, what what do you perceive this piece of cover to be? Um, You're shooting at two barrels and if your mind goes to the parking garage and you have a concrete pillar that's say 18 inches in diameter then you kind of want to hug that piece of cover so nobody you know so you're utilizing as much downrange cover as possible in case somebody's trying to flank you Um, you probably can't suck into it enough for it to really matter (laughs) unless it's two or three feet around but that's part of the conversation right so some people envision that cover as truly as what it was physically Versus, hey, it's the corner of a wall or it's this or it's that or the other and you're moving around the side of it And so there was a lot of really getting drawn into cover Um, And there's a conversation around using lights in conjunction with cover too If you're back off a cover, there's a lot of splash off cover with the light coming back to you You've got to be aware of that and know how to deal with that Know how far you can punch out to not get a lot of reflection off that cover and still engage the target, etc And if you do, fight through it because it's part of the game to um, so a lot of crowd and cover, and then same thing uh, with the movement and stuff like that. Guys getting to the other side of the house to get to the low targets. Um, had some, I, and I, and this actually happened to me. I came over and shot over the top of the targets because I just, my legs were a little beat up, and I was not feeling like getting on my knees and getting crouched over after doing all the legwork I'd done that morning. Um, so I got lazy and just went over the top. Well, the first time I ran through, I rested the gun on the barrels, and it was actually slower because of the recoil off the barrel as the guns hopping. And it, I figured it would be more steady, and it wasn't. Um, I actually dropped some shots, had some stuff go low, and just some weird harmonics yeah. shooting off the top of basically a, a timpani drum. <laughs> um, and, and, when I, and when I came into it and just kept the gun up and maintained some muscle tension and drove, no problems there. So, you know, some things were learned about shooting over things and stuff like that. Um, you know, there's always a lot of conversations about how you utilize cover. I think the goal of this was to get people to move, think about cover, think about movement, and think about visually getting from target to target to target quickly um, and do all the things we've been doing for the night just for some extra movement. But, yeah, but,
0: do yeah. some basic manipulation on
1: turning the light yeah. on, turn light off. Yes, yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was... And we had some guys learn there too. Uh, we, You know, one of, one of the guys uh, joining us is is not a new shooter at all is not a new concealed carry guy has taken a number of classes shoots competitively but hasn't done a lot with the light and in his first movement moving from one piece of cover to the other the light was on most of the way but he figured out halfway across crap I need to get the light turned off because I'm a beacon here drawing whatever attention that I don't want to draw and then the rest of the night light discipline was was a lot stronger so I mean and that's why we're yeah. out there is to learn that kind of stuff um, we have uh, one guy in our group The only guy running irons, uh, actually, light discipline was outstanding. Um, Even transitioning across the piece of cover from one side to the other, the vertical cover, um, was getting the light off and getting it right back on really quickly and then moving. Uh, Light was out under movement and then came into position, gun up, light on at the same time and making shots. So, you know, there's the whole spectrum there, you know, about, you know, where everybody's at and going, hey, that was really clean. Everybody else, do that. Do do what he just did Mm -hmm. kind of mentality. Versus giving other guys crap for, like, hey, yeah, just go leave that light on while you reload. It's no big deal. You know, yeah. there's bullets coming at you. It's okay. Yeah, we had one guy
0: um, shooting a 1911. Yeah. Um, who pretty much acknowledged the fact that, oh, now with the light, I have too many things I have to think about doing. Safety. I really switches. should have brought a yeah. striker fired gun.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it complicates things. Yeah. Yeah. And again, not insurmountable. Um, but look at what you carry on a regular basis. Look at what you compete, train, and shoot with on a regular basis, and then understand that when you go back to another system, that may may not even necessarily be more complex, just different. And I would say in this case, it's more complex. Flippy switches, yep. um, and stuff like that, and then trying to manage safeties on and off, because the safety should be coming off when you're, you know, should be coming back to the on position when you're moving. So you've got to get your light off, your safety back off, versus getting your safety off and your light on, blah 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 blah. Every time you do something, uh, definitely complifies things. Um, and, and and then the flip side of that is the same guy shoots a 1911 very very well, very controlled. Be full size, five inch 1911 and nine millimeter. Um, so the splits were crazy and the doubles were like right where you wanted them to yeah. be. So that that was kind of fun to watch. Um, but managing the light was kind of fun to watch too because it was it was a little bit of a poop show so yeah yeah again
0: you're t- trying to do as much training as you can you know with the gun that you carry um, on a regular basis whether yeah. that's a duty gun a home defense gun um your concealed carry gun um yeah you know, that that really is where the majority of your training time should be spent
1: yeah um yeah and yeah. And, I, and you know and i've been doing I've been shooting competitively. I've been shooting guns and, and been around guns my entire life. I've got a lot of time around this stuff. But professionally, for the last 18, 19 years, between you know Big Darby Creek and and then shooting competitions and shooting and training events and stuff like that, um, the the guy who shows up with a different gun every training night is maybe competent enough to make any of them work functionally or not. Um, and there's and there are a lot more people out there who you know are in the the gun of the day. You know, oh, I carry a different gun do because I got all these guns and I want to wear them. And okay, cool. When you start talking about staking your life on something, you need to settle on a system and just stay with it. Um, you know, so this and and, and the guy we the guy we're beating on right now that was carrying the 1911 grew up with them, so he can run the gun. But it gets more complicated when you start throwing lights and stuff into it and that was just a, a great example of yeah. hey this might be a choose something and stay with it kind of thing when you're staking your life on it and i think in general he probably carries a p365xl as the normal carry gun uh, but i don't think has a light or holster on that system yet then i would be willing to bet that becomes a conversation here fairly quickly yeah. Throughout the winter, as we start going to, you know, hey, this is mostly going to be low yep. weight, you know, so yeah, have that, you know. So yeah, be honest with yourself about your skill sets and how good are you. I mean, I used to spend, I worked at a shooting range. I mean, I literally shot every single freaking day and got, and that was actually where I got away from trying to run different guns because I learned in that environment that it's just not worth it. And never, that, and for me, it was more the safety aspect than it was necessarily the, capability of making the gun work aspect so something to kick around yeah 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 cool cool uh, yeah on that note as
0: we come across interesting things we try to get posted up to your social media you can follow us along on facebook and instagram um on facebook we are cap city outfitters on instagram we are cap city outfitters too on our website capcityoutfitters.com you can find information such as how to do an ffl transfer or how to purchase a suppressor via our storefront over at silencershop.com. Uh, also on the website, you can sign up for our, our email newsletter that comes out on Fridays, or send us an email to info at and we will add you to the newsletter list. And then we're here in Hilliard, Ohio. We're at 4465 Cemetery Road. We are in front of the Aldi's. We're directly next to Louis Fusion Drill. Try the Mafongo. Uh, you can find us here from 10 to 5 Tuesday through Friday and then 10 to 3 on Saturdays and we look forward to seeing you soon.
1: Thanks for tuning in guys.